And he's sending letters, a cease and desist letter to Fox and Tucker yes, Carlson. Good. Finally. Demanding that they retract false and defamatory statements. This is yeah. Fox is approaching their $2 billion dollar defamation lawsuit filed by Dominion <laughs> April, which of course we'll be covering here on the Midas Touch Network. It's now $2.5 billion? also sent a letter to the Department of Justice. It was a billion demanding before. Demanding the Department of Justice engage in a criminal investigation of a number of individuals, including John Paul MacIsaac, a laptop shop owner or a computer repair shop owner, for essentially stealing Hunter Biden's laptop and giving it uh, to the New York Post, um, as well as a number of individuals who received the laptop, who whose hands were on the laptop, who destroyed really any it. chain of custody on the laptop. And what the letter describes is how these individuals may have Who? engaged in the manipulation of the information, manipulation of the data. And of course, the MAGAs are obsessed with these photographs of Hunter Biden naked and <laughs> Hunter Biden with women and it's Hunter Biden talk. doing drugs. And you know, <laughs> one of the things that's outlined in this letter, though, is, for example, when the Washington Post was given a copy of the hard drive, one of the things the Washington Post said is, the reason that we can't write about it is not that we don't believe this is actually Hunter Biden's laptop. It's just we can't confirm that the contents that are being uh, purportedly said that these are Hunter Biden's photographs, we can't tell where these photographs came from, if they're actually on the laptop, <laughs> if they were put on the laptop by third parties. And what Hunter Biden's letter right, by his new lawyer is basically saying is, yeah, when John Paul Mac Isaac, the laptop shop owner, essentially stole the laptop from Hunter Biden and turned it over to all of these MAGA yeah, that's a, extremists that's a and the MAGA Republicans, it's impossible now to say what's actually on there. And it seems to be a lot of things that were actually on there were manipulated to yeah. spread disinformation. Uh -huh. So let's pull up the letter that Hunter Biden's uh, lawyer sent to the Assistant Attorney General for National Security, uh, Matthew G. Olson. And this is what it says. Dear Assistant Attorney General, we write on behalf of our client, Robert Hunter Biden, to request an investigation into the following individuals for whom there is considerable reason to believe violated federal laws in accessing, copying, <laughs> manipulating, and or disseminating Biden's Julie? personal computer data. The individuals are John Paul Mac Isaac of Delaware, Robert Costello of New York, Giuliani of New York, <laughs> Steve Bannon of Washington, D.C., Jack Maxey, Residence Unknown, Garrett Ziegler of Illinois, Yakov Applebaum, the founder and CEO of XR Vision, based in New York, Residence Unknown, and then it says, by these individuals' own admission of books, editorials, social media posting, and interviews, through what other news articles have reported, they have engaged in the following. Then I'll list each person. I'll just give you a brief summary of each. So, John Paul Mac Isaac, who unlawfully accessed Hunter Biden's personal data. Isaac has admitted to gaining access to our client's Hacker. personal computer data without Biden's consent. He's admitted to copying data without Biden's consent, and he's admitted to distributing copies of the data to political enemies of Biden's father without Biden's consent. These unlawful actions cause widespread publication, manipulation, and exploitation of Biden's most personal information. I think the key words there as well are the manipulation 
What's going on? This is a digital two-factor authentication device for hundreds of services. You know, YouTube, Twitter, well, are the manipulation and exploitation of the data. You then go in and it talks about how I was bragged about it. Let's go to some of the other people. Look, Robert Costello. In late August of 2020, Isaac sent via FedEx a copy of the hard drive's contents to the home of Robert J. Costello, Rudy Giuliani's attorney. Costello has admitted that he almost immediately accessed the material without permission to do some from the owner of the material. Beyond reviewing financial information or even personal photos and other material about Biden, Mr. Costello even opened files to look at pictures of Bo Biden's final days. You feel like a boy of Costello admitted to Giuliani. Then you have Giuliani. Isaac also allegedly shared a copy of a hard drive with Giuliani after a tip from Isaac to one of Giuliani's assistants. Giuliani then distributed a copy to Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. On September 28th, Steve Bannon claimed he possessed a copy of Biden's mm -hmm. computer data. Biden did not consent to Isaac Giuliani Costello providing this data to Giuliani. Garrett Ziegler, as stated above, Giuliani, uh, uh, working with his friend and former police chief Bernard Carrick, gave a copy of the hard drive to Garrett Ziegler, a former aide to Trump White House official Peter Navarro. Rather than sending the other copies of the data to additional people, Ziegler uploaded the unverified data he had in his possession to his website, Marco Polo. Jack Maxey, in December 2020, Jack Maxey, an associate of Bannon's, installed yet another copy of the data of the hard drive. Yakub Applebaum, in his book, Isaac claimed that a man named Yakub Applebaum, founder and CEO of Cyber Analytics, who at the time had been working with Senator Ron Johnson's office, came and assisted Mr. Mac Isaac in creating a forensic image of the hard drive. Mr. Applebaum did so without the consent of the hard drive's owner. B. The government should investigate the manipulation of Biden's data. This is really important. Evaluating the data that Mr. Isaac caused to be sent to the New York Post has been exceedingly difficult because for months, neither the New York Post, Post nor its source for the material, uh, Giuliani, were willing to share their data with the public. More recently, downstream recipients of what has been purported to be Biden's hard drive have reported anomalies in the data suggesting manipulation of it. For example, the Washington Post received a copy of what was represented to be Biden's data from Republican activist Jack Maxey, who had stolen the data from Steve Bannon. The Washington Post asked a team of forensic experts to analyze the data, and the team concluded that it cannot verify over 99% of it. The drive is a mess, said one of Washington Post analysts, who compared the drive to a crime scene where law enforcement finds the cops before them care carelessly left Big Mac wrappers all over the scene contaminating the evidence. From a forensic standpoint, it is a disaster. So that's one of the examples. Mr. Mac Isaac has admitted the material has been added to the data he initially accessed and copied in 2019. Former Trump administration aide Garrett Ziegler published what he has represented to be a copy of Biden's hard drive that includes, among other files, 
text message between third parties in which Biden himself is not a party to the communication. The inclusion of other people's communications on what is supposed to be Biden's hard drive raises serious questions about whether third parties added those files to the hard drive. So these are very serious situations where you had an individual steal the hard drive from Hunter and then immediately, criminally, turn it over to Giuliani and Giuliani's associates and Bannon and all of these people. And then when, like, the Washington Post said, hey, can we look at this hard drive? Can we review the contents of it? And they had their forensic team actually take a look at it. Their forensic team of real forensic analysts. So this is a total and complete disaster right here. We can't verify 99% of the contents that this is actually on the hard drive or not. Again, that's not to say the laptop wasn't Hunter's. Hunter's admitting that was a laptop, but the contents look like they are manipulated. So two things I want to say. Number one, I'm glad Hunter Biden's going on the offensive in this situation against these MAGA loser traders. But number two, I know I've made about a nine-minute video on this because I do think it's an important development, but yep. I don't really care. <laughs> when I say I don't really care, at the end of the day, I think it's important that we know the news, but Hunter Biden was not part of the American government. Okay, Hunter Biden doesn't have a position in the Biden administration. Okay. The fact that even if you accept all of the worst accusations against Hunter Biden, which the ones that the MAGA Republicans focus on, the naked photos, and that he's a drug addict, and all of these things, to me, lots of people in America are drug addicts and suffer from addiction-related issues. And actually, when I, early on, was... I was, always a, I was always a supporter of Biden. What actually made me more enthusiastically support Biden and know what type of character President Biden was. No, no, about you. For me, the moment actually was when I heard voice messages from President Biden to Hunter saying, Son, I love you. I'm here for you. Whatever I can do for you. And there are so many people out there who suffer from addiction, who wish they had a person like that in their life. And someone like President Biden, Vice President Biden before then, Senator Biden before then, you know, someone with that level of being so high profile, you may think, I don't want, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here, I don't want anything to do with you. But President Biden was the opposite, let me help you, what can I do? And again, Hunter wasn't in the administration. I am far more deeply concerned that Kushner was able to avoid bankruptcy by getting billions of dollars from Qatar based on a failed real estate project after after Kushner uh, did a trip to the Middle East. He got personal funding to the tune of billions of dollars funneled in from the Qataris. Yeah. That concerns me more where Kushner was actually conducting diplomacy on behalf of the United States. It concerns me more that the individuals who actually had a blockade on Qatar, who then agreed to remove the blockade, which Kushner then got the money from Qatar, the Saudis and MBS said, we have Jared Kushner in our pocket, and that the Saudis were given a list, this is known, an enemies list based on classified information the United States had 
of who the enemies were, who assets were, that may have interests adverse to the Saudi crown, and Saudi Arabia executed everybody based on information that Krishna gave to the Saudis, and MBS, the leader of Saudi Arabia, bragged about that publicly. I got the list from Jared, Jared's in my pocket. Jared is conducting diplomacy, even though Jared could get any type of security clearance at all. He was rejected. I am far more concerned, far more concerned, that the Saudis gave Jared $2 billion uh, part of a fund that Jared Kushner created as a reward for helping the Saudis. I am way more concerned that that can take place than Hunter Biden's new photos. Hunter Biden's photos of doing drugs and he was a drug addict. I'm far more concerned about that. I'm far more concerned about Ivanka getting all of her trademarks approved from China than I am about Hunter. I'm far more concerned about Donald Trump's secret bank account in China and $15 million business deals while he was president uh, with Chinese business people leading up to his presidency right around him when he had these accounts. I'm far more concerned about that than Hunter Biden. I am far more concerned that when the Saudis play dollar and one of Donald Trump's golf courses, Trump goes to the media and says, express down the conspiracy on behalf of the Saudis. I'm far more concerned about all of that than I am about that. Because MAGA extremists spread all this disinformation, I think it is important that we mention this, that we talk about this news. But I think we have to frame it into the context that I just did. It isn't a both sides issue at all. There you have it. I've been myself from the Monday Special. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1 million subscribers. Thank you for your support. So please, hit subscribe. It's free. Free to subscribe. I want to hit 1 million on this channel. Before, think we could do it? Hit subscribe. Also, while we're at it, check out Patreon.com. We have on Patreon, but most importantly, thank you so much, and Our blue wall stopped the red wave, and election deniers got denied election. That's why we're celebrating with the new democracy prevails too. We got lots of work to do, but we should all be proud that when democracy was tested, democracy prevails. You earn it. Don't wait. Get yours right now at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. What's up, everyone? Ted Beatrice here. So this video I'm about to show you guys, this video is like, it, it's political gold. So you guys know that Matt Gates made an amendment in his committee that everyone should have to recite the Pledge of Allegiance before their committee meetings. Well, David Cicilline clapped back at him in the best way anyone possibly ever could. I mean, and, and, and just when you watch this video, 
the look on Matt Gates' face, and the way he tries to clap back, and the way that David Cicilline calls him out and backs him into the corner, it's just great. Check out this video. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I, um, you know, Mr. I reference to how important it is for us to display our commitment to the Constitution and to commit to defend it aggressively. So I'd like to offer an amendment to the amendment, uh, adding in the second paragraph where the chair may designate an individual to lead the Pledge of Allegiance to add the following language. Provided, however, the pledge shall not be led by an individual who supported an insurrection against the government of the United States in any way. Because I think if we adopt this amendment, then we will be truthful in, in representing that stating this pledge is an affirmation of your defense of democracy and the Constitution. It's hard to take that claim seriously if like, an individual who in any way supported an insurrection against the government of the United States is allowed to leave the pledge. So I would ask Mr. Gates to accept this friendly amendment, and I look forward to the board with a gentleman yield. I first ask Mr. Gates to go support the amendment. To make sure that someone who led an insurrection against the United States doesn't make a mockery of the Pledge of Allegiance and stand before the committee with their hand over their heart, claiming to support the Constitution. Mr. Zalini, my concern would be if your definition of an insurrection is objecting to electors, then there would be many Democrats on the committee that wouldn't be eligible to lead the pledge since so many... That, that's not my definition of... Made up the last Republican president gets sworn in after mm -hmm. Democratic objectors was George Herbert Walker. I don't think... my kind of thing. I will allow the chairman to determine whether or not someone has participated in the election. I think this language is important. Where's the chairman further yield? I'm asking Mr. Gates, will you now accept the amendment? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that, that you may be disqualifying too many of your own members, Mr. Fitzgerald. I'm not concerned about that at all. Then agree to the amendment. With, with let's, let's make this real. If you will want to give someone the right to stand before the House Judiciary Committee and lead the Pledge of Allegiance at a fair <laughs> minimum, let's guarantee that that person has not participated or supported or in any way helped an overthrow of the government of the United States. With the gentleman's deal. Simple proposition. Okay, so in that case, he, he tried. He really did. Because his response almost did something there, but... It didn't, because, you know, he, he basically tried to say, oh, everyone denies elections. He what? knows that's not the definition that David Cicilline would ever give, or anyone would ever give, for the word insurrection. So he really tried. But what I like is that David Cicilline said to him, you know what? Yeah, you're, you're concerned that I might be disqualifying some of our members, some of the Democrats? I'm not concerned about that. So since I'm not concerned about that, you go ahead and you back my amendment. You ready to back my amendment? And then that look on Matt Gates' face. The look was like, it, it, it was just like, damn, I look stupid right now. I really look stupid. No, you had he a shit-eating grin. And there's nothing I could do. And that is what happens when these Republicans put on performative patriotism. Because that's all that was. Fascist cosplay. Doesn't care that anyone recites the Pledge of Allegiance before any type of committee meeting. He just thought that he was going to back Democrats into a corner so that he could later say, "Look at that! The Democrats—they're not even patriotic. They don't want to recite the Pledge of Allegiance before our meetings." But it totally backfired on him because it backed him into a corner where he was happy. You would have to, right? If someone says, hey, I want to I, I want to do what you said. Let's recite the Pledge of Allegiance. But you know what we should do? We should put an amendment in there that says that 
we're not going to allow anyone to leave this pledge who either played any role in or supported the insurrection on January 6th. Because, of course, if you are going to uphold the Constitution and put your hand on your heart and say the Pledge of Allegiance, you definitely wouldn't want someone who led or supported an insurrection leading that pledge. So that put Matt Gates in the corner, and Matt Gates just, he just looked so defeated because he was, and again, that is what happens where the Republicans want to put on political theater instead of actually getting things done. Period. The best part of waking up? Maggot Sears in my cup. Check out the new Maggot Sears mug available now at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. Today was the first meeting of the House Judiciary Committee featuring Florida Republican and huge patriot Matt Gates. Gates, loving America the way he does, proposed an amendment on his first day that every meeting from now on should begin with all the members doing the Pledge of Allegiance. Mr. Ice just made reference to how important it is for us to display our commitment to the Constitution and to commit to defend it aggressively. It's hard to take that thing seriously, given that the individual who in any way supported an insurrection against the government of the United States is allowed to leave the pledge. Let's guarantee that that person has not participated or supported or in any way helped an overthrow of the government of the United States. With the gentleman you simple Hi, baby. Now, there are a few Republicans I enjoy facing well in the world right Today was the first meeting of the House Judiciary Committee for the Republican and Chief Patriot Gates, loving America the way he does, proposed an amendment on his first day that every meeting from now on should begin with all the members doing the Pledge of Allegiance. It's green curry in the middle, but I'm thinking it's that right, so. Yeah, that's there. It went something along the lines of prohibiting anyone who's supposed to be reciting the play. And well, it's for every It's a green curry noodles and pears. I mean, you're welcome to have some. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. No, 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 no in it. Um. That's cool. No, it's, it's a. I ate the meat. So I like fried it and ate it and just gave the last to my dogs. Oh, is it hot? Is it hot yet or no? It's not hot. It, it's not hot. Are you heating it up? Where are you heating you it up? You can heat it up. Put it in the microwave. In oh, the microwave. Okay. Like that microwave. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, I just, it's, uh, fresh. There, you can help out some more. Word. Yeah. Bird, 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 bird is the word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, guys, jelly? Jelly, like, jelly. um, a little bit. Some of this might not be so new. I mean, yeah, new it. I wouldn't want to know it. No. Not really. What's this? Oh wait, yeah, maybe some of yeah, go ahead and take that, that whole thing. Ooh. What is it? <laughs> it's like uh pomegranates. Oh yeah, that's right, you didn't like the pomegranate one, huh? It's got these little like little things in it. No not nuts. Not, oh, yeah, but seeds. <clears throat> so it's a new one. Is that the new peach, one? Peach. Oh. 
Ooh, apricot. There's, uh, I thought I got two of them. You gave me one a long time ago. I have the rest of that one. You gave me one a long time ago. I, I, I ate it, but it was weird tasting. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's odd. It's odd tasting. Isn't it? Like, it's kind of funny. Um, it was the consistency. Damn. It has, like, these little, um, yeah, hard things in there. Not nuts. Whatever, the seeds. Yeah, it's part of the, the seed. Yeah. I don't like that. Come on, Hanky. What's wrong, Hanky? You don't have to go. Hanky. Hey, I gotta give him some more this morning. Hi, buddy. Come on back. He's like, fuck you. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know what? You want to treat me that way? Fucking suck it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, you, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. He's been down there. Hey, 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 you're okay? Because he's walking away from me. Hey, thanks. We're gonna spray him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These are, they're getting friendly. They're not so scared anymore. <clears throat> These guys are not so scared anymore. Yeah, they're. they're Which I say, if, I think if that's if the females that size right there, that's mm -hmm. that's not bad because the male's huge. Uh huh. The male's fucking huge. Where are these two? Where are they? Where did they Where they come from? <laughs> um, uh, Marty gave them to me the last time she came. You just haven't noticed them? That's what my female looks like, like that. That's that small. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting if there's some, like... This cage is too small for her, the peacock, man. Yeah, I know. Well, um, he's gone in the big pen out there, in the, in the pin pen. Well, I haven't, I haven't finished uh, repairing it. It has to be, you know, I don't, you the know. The stakes are right there. Maybe I'll do it today. That thing needs to go out there, though. Look at it. That's that. <laughs> so, yeah, put them out there, man, and I'll, I'll put the stakes in that thing. Okay, do that. Parent, yeah. That's too small. That's not meant for her. I, I know. Um, yeah, go ahead. Do that, and uh, then we, I can put them in there, because I'm not going to put them in there unless it's fucking safe. Come on, Huh? Hmm. Right. Mr. Issa just made reference to how important it is for us to display our commitment to the Constitution and to Matt commit Gates to defend it down aggressively. After top Democrat. So I'd like to offer an amendment to the amendment, David uh, adding Cicilline. in the second paragraph C -I -C -I. where the chair may designate Hello. an individual to the Pledge of Allegiance to add the following language. Provided, however, the pledge shall not be led by an individual who supported an insurrection against the government of the United States in any way. Yeah. Because I think if we adopt this amendment, then we will be truthful in, in representing that stating this pledge is an affirmation of your defense of democracy and the Constitution. It's hard to take that claim seriously 
if in fact an individual who in any way supported an insurrection against the government of the United States is allowed to leave the pledge. So I would ask Mr. Gates to accept this friendly amendment, and I look forward to supporting it. Would the gentleman yield for that <laughs> First, ask question. Mr. Gates if he'll support the amendment. To make sure that someone who led an insurrection against the United States doesn't make a mockery of the Pledge of Allegiance and stand before this committee with their hand over their heart claiming to support the Constitution. M Mr. Cicilline, I, 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 my concern would be if your definition of an insurrection is objecting to electors, then there would be many Democrats on the committee that wouldn't be eligible to lead the pledge since so many That's objected. not my definition of I mean, the, the last Republican president I'll to get sworn in absent I'll Democratic objectors was George Herbert Walker But as we know, this is typical Republican strategy, trying to ignite a fire across the street to keep people from noticing theirs already ablaze. My time is good. I will allow the chairman to determine whether or not someone has participated in insurrection. I said, I think this language is important. With the gentleman further yield. I'm asking Mr. Gates, will you now accept the amendment? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that, that you may be disqualifying too many of your own members, Mr. Sisson. I'm not concerned about that at all. Then read the amendment. Let's, let's make this real. If you will want to give someone the right to stand before the House Judiciary Committee, and lead the Pledge of Allegiance at a bare minimum, let's guarantee that that person has not participated or supported or in any way helped an overthrow of the government of the United States. With the gentleman like yield. a simple proposition. <laughs> January 6th, 2021, 14 of the 18 members, Republicans, who were there, did exactly that. That includes Chairman Jordan and, well, surprise, surprise, Matt Gates himself. Our blue wall stopped a red wave and election deniers got denied election. That's why we're celebrating with the new Democracy Prevails team. We've got lots of work to do, but we should all be proud that when democracy was tested, democracy prevailed. You've earned this. Don't wait. Get yours right now at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. So when you move your file server files into Microsoft 365, there are extensive proactive <coughs> virus, malware, and ransomware protections that are built in. So let's start do, 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 with do, 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 proactive protections do, do, inside do, 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 the Microsoft do, do, do. Defender do, 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 specifically these three. Skip. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network, a federal judge federal in judge Washington, D.C. Judge Amit Mayfair just issued a minute order. It's what's called an order to show cause directed at an insurrectionist who was just convicted during a trial that's known as a stipulated facts trial. I'll explain what that means in a second, but in this minute order, Judge Amit Mehta asks why the court shouldn't vacate the conviction. In other words, why, sh why the court should not set aside this conviction and have a trial against this insurrectionist on more significant charges that will put this insurrectionist in jail for a substantially longer period of time because the judge, Amit Mehta, has just learned that this insurrectionist by the name of Thomas B. Adams Jr. had been speaking to the press and basically told the press the exact opposite of the facts that the insurrectionist stipulated to under penalty of perjury in this stipulated facts trial. Indeed, there is an article that this insurrectionist gave to the State Journal Register, his local newspaper, where he is quoted as saying, and this is the headline, quote, I wouldn't change anything I did. Springfield man convicted in breach of U.S. Capitol says. So, 
you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, or you win <laughs> more jail time. And so Judge Amit Mehta issued a minute order. Let me read to you what the minute order says. It says, minute order, as to Thomas B. Adams Jr., the parties, in this case the parties are Department of Justice and the insurrection of Thomas B. Adams, shall show cause by February 10th, 2023, this week, why the court should not vacate defendant's convictions of guilt in light of his post-stipulated trial statements reflected in the attached news articles, quote, I wouldn't change anything I did. Springfield man convicted in breach of U.S. Capitol, which ran in the State Journal Register on February 1, 2023. See attached article, and it's the article that we just pulled up there for a moment. So you may be wondering right now, well, wouldn't vacating the conviction, setting aside, wouldn't that be a good thing for this insurrectionist? No, 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 no. Because in the stipulated facts, it's almost like a plea agreement. In the stipulated trial, the insurrectionist agrees to a certain set of facts and reflects a certain level of uh, guilt, a certain level of remorse, so that they would be convicted on certain felony counts, but not the more significant felony counts that could put them in jail for a significant longer time, or in exchange for going through with this stipulated trial, the government may basically say, look, for saving us the resources, we'll agree to a lighter sentence. And then so there's a stipulated set of facts that the government, the Department of Justice, agrees to, um, and the criminal defendant, in this case the insurrectionist, agrees to, and the judge makes the ruling. And earlier in the week, Judge Amit Mehta convicted Thomas Adams before this article was out, uh, convicted Adams on felony counts for trespassing in the Capitol, as well as a uh, misdemeanor count. Adams was one of the individuals who had the Trump flag on the uh, Senate floor, uh, was photographed there. One of the things, too, with Adams, and it's kind of like second time he's gone to the press. They, they love the press, these insurrectionists. They're, they're just, they want to be celebrities. They, they want all of this attention. They are attention just begging for attention because the way that Adams was even identified in the first place by the Department of Justice is because he gave an interview to Insider bragging about being an insurrectionist. And so here again, in this other article for the uh, local newspaper, um, he brags about the insurrection, he brags about his role in the insurrection, he says he would do it again, he said he had no intent to go about doing anything. Uh, this is a quote of what he says. I wouldn't change anything I did. I didn't do anything. I still, to this day, even though I had to admit guilt in the stipulation, I don't feel like I did what the charge is. I did go there. I was in the building. I didn't refuse to leave because no one ever told me to specifically get out. I was never asked to get out until a group of officers came on the Senate floor and told everybody in there it was time to go. We all lined up and walked out. I mean, can you believe how pathetic these MAGA Republican insurrectionists are? It's like, can you imagine you robbed a bank 
and the police don't arrive, and so you're like, well, no one ever told me I couldn't rob that bank. No one ever said I should get out of the bank. That's basically the excuse that he is making. But as I said, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Adam faces a potential 20 years sentence mm-hmm. in prison. Mm-hmm. He likely would have got right. a lighter sentence based on the stipulated facts. If you just and now you up. see Judge Amit Mehta issuing that minute order saying, no, no, no. Okay, we'll do a real trial now, okay? We'll mm-hmm. see how that goes for you. And by the way, I was supposed to sentence you in June. You were probably going to get a lighter sentence for stipulating to the guilt. Let's see what happens now. Come into my courtroom. And you know what? These federal judges are getting increasingly fed up with these insurrectionists and their tactics within criminal court. I know we said these judges should have been fed up from the outset, and I think there were a lot of them that were. Uh, But what increasingly what these federal judges are seeing is this pattern. And it's a pattern that we see in MAGA of gaslighting. They are liars, and they are cowards, and they say anything. Words to them, like their co-leader Donald Trump, words are ways to just manipulate situations. Words, they're not people of their words. It's the exact opposite. So these insurrectionists will show up. They'll show up. Judge, I'm so sorry for the violent attack. I will never do it again. I've learned my lesson, Judge. I feel horrible. It was a violent attack. They'll say all of the right things. And then, as soon as they get a lighter sentence for their fake crocodile tears in the courtroom, what do they do? They brag about it. And they'll renounce what they just said after their sentence. And at that point, after the sentencing, there's little a judge can do. Here, in the example I'm giving with Adam, this insurrection, the sentencing wasn't until June. So the judge said, okay, you're going out there and saying that now? I haven't sentenced you yet. I'm going to vacate this. We'll do a real trial and we'll see, we'll see what the outcome is. And then I'll sentence you to 20 years or, or, or close to it. So, for example, you had uh, Brandon Straka for example. Brandon Straka was the individual who managed to have one of the early uh, insurrectionist cases. He uh, pled guilty. He managed to uh, avoid prison time by admitting to his guilt and actually cooperating with the FBI to help identify other insurrectionists. Um, and then Straka was seen at CPAC which stands for Conservative Political Action Committee, far from conservative, they are MAGA extremists, essentially a terrorist organization at this point. And Straka was the one in that cosplay jail cell booth where the MAGA Republican members of Congress, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, would go to the fake jail cell, and Straka would be, was wearing a, a prison outfit, and he'd be sitting in a chair, and then Marjorie Taylor Greene would bend on her knees and kiss his hand and, and hug him and call him a political prisoner. And other, other MAGA Republican leaders would do that to him. Just some of the weirdest things. It was the same CPAC where they had the sign that says, We are all domestic terrorists. That's actually what it said at the CPAC conference where all of the Republican leaders spoke. But Strzok said, I did it. I'm so guilty that he did that at CPAC. 
Another example is Derek Evans, who's actually a lawmaker in Virginia, also an insurrectionist. That seems to be the pattern. Insurrectionists on the Republican side are the lawmakers, too. The Republican leadership are insurrectionists, and Derek Evans, guilty, went in front of the court, apologized for being an insurrectionist. I'm so sorry, Judge, I'll never do this again. I feel horrible, I've shamed my family. And what Evans do, went on TV right after, and basically said, I'm wrongfully persecuted, this was completely, this is deep state, whatever the MAGA say. And so the federal judges are just like, okay, no, we're not doing that no more. We're going to have significantly higher prison sentences, which I've always been saying from the outset, that these prison sentences are just too light. When I hear five years, seven years, I think that these insurrectionists should have a minimum of 20 years. That should be the minimum, not the statutory maximum. There needs to be new laws to address this. I mean, how do you go? I'll charge him as terrorists. There are some areas where I would definitely be in the maximum that exists in the law under the sentencing guidelines, the Department of Justice. Hmm. Ben, comma, the problem is that the charges were too light in the first place, exclamation point. I looked through the list of over 500 people charged at the time, and there was nothing but trespassing and picketing charges, exclamation point, misdemeanors exclamation point so yeah they are all getting off real light exclamation point please continue to raise awareness and everybody call for domestic terrorism charges and sedition charges against all these motherfuckers exclamation point I agree with you they MAGA and Trump's other terrorist militia groups should be named as terrorist organizations that they are exclamation point keep up the great work man i am your proud producer here in tucson arizona proud producer here in tucson arizona exclamation point Like the Oath Keepers and the 3%, comma, Proud Boys, etc. the max. And in many cases, the judges are giving at the high end of the sentencing. Just the laws are protective of these types of insurrectionists who should be more, uh, better classified as Al-Qaeda. They should be classified as terrorists like that and go to jail for a minimum of 20 years. 
And you may be also remembering the name Judge Amit Mehta. Go back and watch the last video I did about Judge Amit Mehta, who did this incredible takedown in another minute order against Oath Keepers who are set to go to trial. There's been a few Oath Keeper uh, trials so far where they've been convicted of seditious conspiracy. There's another Oath Keeper trial set. <clears throat> Midas Touch playlist. The latest Midas Touch videos. Exclamation point. Keepers basically whined that they only had one table to sit at. Uh, for all of the defendants, and it made them look like junior varsity and gave a phone booth appearance and uh, uh, helped or, or inhibited their ability to freely roam around the courtroom. And so Judge Mehta issued a scathing order saying, okay, we, we will give you one more table, but I do not believe in the history of the United States there is precedent that your ability to roam the court as an oath keeper impacts your due process rights. <laughs> Judge Amit Mehta is done with this crap. <laughs> done with this crap. He's been a very strong judge. You know, if you watch this network, you know I like Judge Amit Mehta <laughs> a lot. He's a real law and order judge. All right. Hit subscribe right now. We're on our way to one million subscribers. Thanks yeah, to no, you're support. on your so way to a billion subscribers, mate. Let's get to that one million by April. It's free to subscribe. Check us out as well at Patreon. Go to P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. That's Patreon dot com slash Midas Touch. Check it out. And while you're at <clears> it, too, check out my new show on Hulu. It's called Killing County, executive produced with Colin Kaepernick on Hulu right now. Congratulations on your new show, Ben! Exclamation point. I want to see you guys get... I want to see you guys get a billion subscribers. You really deserve it. You are the only independent news organization that is covering these extremely important issues so well. Exclamation point. Now, Bakersfield just so happens to be Kevin McCarthy's congressional district as well. Let me know what you think about it. Until next time, I'm Ben Micellis. The best part of waking up? Maggot tears in my cup. Check out the new Maggot Tears mug available now at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. It's 100% union made right here in the USA. I know I'm not tired of winning yet. How about you? Get yours today. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Ham. Melts done on in debate. Yes, backfired. Uh huh. OMG stocking development in Kevin McCarthy's district right before our new Hulu show launched. Let's <laughs> check it out. I've been putting off a bathroom remodel because of the time and expense. You so thanks for a billion subscribers and followers. I've been my from the Just how proud we are to have Midas Touch, Mighty! Represent. I'm to be the executive producer of a show that is now available on Hulu that is called Killing County. And Killing County focuses on the crime, the corruption, the police shooting deaths, 
that all are taking place in Kern County and Bakersfield, which just so happens to be Kevin McCarthy's district. And so I executive produced this with Colin Kaepernick as part of Kaepernick Media, other incredible producers who were part of this, Robe and Briano, Monica Della Rosa, and so many other incredible people at ABC and Hulu. And the show is a true crime thriller that starts in the first 10 minutes. There are two suspects who are killed. It turns out that one suspect may have been, you'll have to watch for yourself, a confidential informant. So did the Bakersfield police kill their own informant? Yeah. And then the story starts to unravel, and we learn that the Bakersfield Police Department may have been keeping their confidential informants off the books so that the Bakersfield police officers could sell drugs into the community using off-the-books informants. In other words, the police officers were the drug dealers in all of this <laughs> going on in Kevin McCarthy's district. <laughs> and then there was a shocking development right before the show was released on Hulu <laughs> on midnight on Friday, February 3rd. So it's available now for y'all to watch. But a shocking development happened, and this never happens when it comes to documentaries and docuseries and true crime thrillers like this. One of the officers who is in the documentary gave an interview with hours before the release of the documentary admitting to everything. Wow. Admitting to what he engaged wow. in. He was arrested before he was criminally prosecuted. He served time in jail. Only wow. referring to one of the officers, not the rest. But this one officer, Damasio Diaz, gave an interview and said this was a culture of corruption. We did do it. We did cross wow. the line wow, wow. at the Bakersfield Police Department and gave that interview with the local Bakersfield television station. By the way, again, Kevin McCarthy's home. Wow, this is huge, Ben! Exclamation point. Great job bringing to light the utter corruption the utter corruption of law enforcement in the united states exclamation point if it were up to me i would shut the whole fucking thing down if i were in charge comma i would shut the whole fucking thing down comma fire half the police force hire half women and social workers galore exclamation point and dismantle the police state and for-profit prison industry. Like Tony Michaels says, comma, fuck em. going to play for you this interview that was given by the police officer, uh, the former police officer, of course, the one who was selling drugs into the community and using off-the-books informants in Bakersfield. But before I play the clip, I want to make sure everybody, if you can, if you've already watched Killing County, let me know what you think. If you haven't watched it yet, go check out Hulu. Go to Killing County. It's just so incredible that we can share this at Midas Touch. 
with the Midas Mighty community. I think it is such an important piece of work because of these false narratives out there that are perpetuated by mostly Republicans, uh, but also perpetuated by the media, that all this violent crime is happening in these locations, but not these locations because of law and order. And when you really break it down, Kevin McCarthy may use the words law and order, but when we look deeper about what's actually happening in Kevin McCarthy's district, you see that it is not the complete opposite of law and order. It is break the law and disorder. Highest crime rate in the country, highest homicide and murder rates in the country, drugs, proliferation there, um, uh, dirty water over there, um, you know, ignoring citizens over there, the highest police execution in all of the country, most police shooting deaths in all of the country, all of that is taking place in Kevin McCarthy's district. And you extrapolate that, and what you see is, I think if you look at the list, it's actually like in the, 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 the 10 states that have the highest homicide rates are led by Republicans, are led by Republican governors. And so this whole media narrative, law and order this, law and order that, look, judge for yourself. Here are the facts. Here is the police officer right here saying it in his own words. Let's play this clip of Demacio Diaz. And everybody, make sure to check out on Hulu, Killing Count. Play the clip. The standard operating procedure for, for a cop like me, um, for, for a lot of cops, for a lot of police officers, uh, there are things uh, that you do, that you are asked to do, that you're expected to do. Not everyone. Not every police officer is, um, follows this path. Only a few. But the few are chosen and selected really early on, very early. Um, there are others in position of power who identify certain traits of certain people. And once they identify that you are the kind of person who, who will take certain steps, they begin to along. You. you know, doing doing things that other cops wouldn't do, um, changing your story when you when when asked to, uh, covering for other people. Um, so by the time I, I was involved in, in the narcotic investigation um, business, um, the the map was already. I mean, the the the, the road was mapped out for me. I, I knew exactly what needed to be done because I had been taught and asked and expected to do certain things. So using paying informants with narcotic seizures was very common for me. Diaz was not the only one convicted. Detective Patrick Mara was also involved in the misconduct and also sentenced. I hope um, that somehow, some way, um, the media determines or decides to print that these two officers are the only ones involved in this incident, and it's not widespread corruption. This mock thing has really touched off some nerves. One of the greatest players in history was cheated out of his career. Oh, my God. 
go back before that, because this is important. He was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Quickness, he was great at Flurry, and he wasn't good, he was great. He was like I was watching God play basketball. To watch him have Tourette's syndrome is stupid. How would you describe the culture of the Bakersfield Police Department when you were an officer? When I was a detective uh, with the city of Bakersfield, the culture amongst my peers, my unit, my division was to get things done, to get the case um, closed by a, any means possible. Didn't matter. Whatever, whatever the steps taken to achieve that goal were your business. You didn't have to disclose every step that you took. You didn't have to disclose or document every single step you took. You documented what was necessary to bring that case to trial or prosecution, but how you got there was your business. They didn't need to know. That was normal. That was expected. So if you took shortcuts, if you bent the rules, if you omitted certain facts or aspects of your investigation, okay, that was okay, as long as no one found out. So it sounds like it was get the job done by any means necessary. Yes. At what point did you realize, oh, I'm in the wrong here? Pretty early on, 2013, I think, is when I really began to take a look at the things we were doing, the things that I was doing. Um, and I say that, it, we didn't stop then, but I began to question it. I identified that it was something we needed to correct. But I still didn't change then. I still didn't stop then. Did you know that this was going to end in you being arrested, you <laughs> serving time in prison? <laughs> no. No, I, I never I never thought that. I at the time I, I at the time I honestly believed that if a time ever came that someone would investigate us, it would be taken care of by those in power. Um because you had you had seen, seen that before. before. I had seen it before numerous times. I had seen it many, many times where bad conduct or bad decisions or wrong decisions were swept under the rug or, or covered up or taken care of. And so we were accomplishing the goal of our unit. We were seizing a lot of narcotics. We were putting people... Um, in prison who were dealing and selling drugs and we were on top of our game and, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to boast because it's a reality we were seizing numbers that were unseen before and so our bosses I mean I, I, I got dozens of you know positive evaluations from my superiors all over the top and so 
I believed at the time, I was led to believe that things would be taken care of if anyone ever looked into our unit. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. To watch this true crime thriller, <laughs> it's, on avail it's available on Hulu now. Check it out. Again, a 